Hello, and welcome to the Equity Foundation podcast. The Equity Foundation is the professional development arm of Actors' Equity. Our mission is to assist, educate, and inspire performers. To find out more, visit www.equityfoundation.org.au. Hi. Hi. Hi, Lucy. <laughs> tēnā koutou, everyone. Tēnā koutou katoa and um, tēnā kōrua, Jackie and Madeline. Thank you for being with us today. Um, it's a pleasure to chat with you both. Um, you are both interesting, entertaining and uh, groundbreaking creative forces. Um, so right. it's great to have a chance to chat with you. Um, I'm sure that there are lots of people who are listening who are very interested and have lots of questions. So we'll save those up till the end and we'll get to those um, later on. When I was first asked to chat with you guys, um, my mind started buzzing for lots of questions because you both do so many things. Uh, acting, writing, directing, producing, kind of across all of it. So um, I'm not quite sure where to start. So I'm gonna kind of start right at the beginning. Um, I'm very interested in where the ideas for your projects come from. Um, are they ignited by an experience you've had, something you've read, a character or a person that you want to explore, or do they come from somewhere else? Um, I'm happy for you guys to answer this in relation to specific projects or ones that you've worked in together or whatever you think is appropriate. I knew you'd look at me. <laughs> Um, well, I guess because Madeline and I have known each other for a long time, we met at like um, an improv workshop when I was like a young tutor. I was like 17 and Madeline was like the star pupil that I came up from Wellington. She came down from Auckland and she was like 14 and we, we met then. And so, and then we've done a lot of theatre together over those years. But the first, um, the first big project we worked on together was the Breaker Upperers. And so I guess that's kind of where our um, main working relationship really kind of started. Yeah, um, we've done lots of, being part of lots of projects in the past. Um, yeah. We did a season of Bad Jelly the Witch, Ooh, yeah, which that was, was a directed one. by Ben Crowder for the Silo Theatre. That was great. Forged our friendship. Yeah, Witch Worm, Mudwiggle, amazing. Yeah. But we're just getting back to the, the question. Um, no, let's talk about Bad Jelly again. I yeah, I mean, it was a great show. We did sometimes three shows a day. Eh? <laughs> no, we went crazy. Um, uh, but no, yeah, but yeah, we had worked together a lot. and um, But yeah, it was kind of weird. It was kind of crazy to us that we'd never actually done a project together before. I know. I'm going to answer the question now, okay? Yeah. Okay. I was just giving you a little... Just stop talking and then I'll little, talk. I was just giving you a little segue from <laughs> my other segue. So to answer your question... That project, like, um, I came up with the idea of the, like the premise of like two women who break up couples for cash. And then I literally like stood in my kitchen and thought, I don't want to write this by myself because I've just written a drama by myself. And it's so writing so hard. And when you're alone, it's like harrowing. So I thought, you know, this is like a, a comic idea. And I did genuinely think who is my favorite, most talented comedian female friend. And I thought Madeline Sami. So that's how that project started. Like I came up with the idea and then thought, who do I want to work with? And right. so then rang Madeline and we very quickly, and I pitched to her saying, this is a project that you and I would write and also star in. Like, so we'd write for ourselves. Mm. And then later on we decided to direct as well. So that's how that kind of started. Mm. And um, in most projects, like we're developing, well, it's a very kernel of an idea. We're developing one 
with someone that we've met over in the UK and we're like, oh, let's just develop a project with us and her. So for, for us, yeah. it's often around the people we meet and be like, oh, wouldn't it be amazing to be in something? And someone? literally that idea came out of being in a car on the way to a meeting in LA and <laughs> and trying to think of something quickly we could pitch. <laughs> it wasn't even a fully formed idea. It was just like, hey, this would be funny. And now it's turning into something we, we're actually going to develop. Well, um, yeah, people suddenly start to sound serious about it and want meetings about it. Whereas we just had been told by our new agents at the time in the States, you know, you've got to like have a whole lot of ideas to pitch. And we were like, oh, shit. So and we came up with like did, three. In came the up with three. <laughs> and even our driver, we asked our wonderful driver um, to come up <laughs> to come up with some that we also, I think, pitched um, terribly in those yeah. first round of meetings. Yeah. Do you have a lot of ideas... Um, I mean, obviously, you guys have been generating your own work for quite a long time. Are there a lot of ideas that fall by the wayside? Or do you, you know, you go down a road a little bit and you go, actually, nah, it's not really got legs. Or do you shelve it for later and come back to it later? Or, or do you follow through with most things? Or what sort of attrition rate do you have? I'll go first. You go first. Yeah, I feel like... Um, I think that, for me, um, you know, like often you get like really like excited about an idea or something will come into my head at, you know, in the middle of the night when I can't sleep and, and I'll be like, it's a great idea. And um, then, you know, I think it either gets, it gets shelved or it gets worked on straight away. And then sometimes certain things happen. I was writing a film um, at the time that we started writing um, the breaker uppers, but then we, the momentum sort of went with that. And so I'm still working on that film. So I think, I think good ideas that stay with you mm. that um, that have legs um, kind of stick around and shelve themselves within yeah. your brain. Other ones yeah. fall by the wayside, and I can't. I wouldn't even know to tell you which they, which ones they are because they've gone already, and they didn't matter obviously. But I think yeah. the good ideas mm. stick around in your head, and whether you do them, you know, whether you you came up with it ten years ago and you finally make it, um, you know, ten years later, whatever. Um, and that's it's a good thing a about good idea. that's a good thing about two people as well. I think working with someone else, you know, collaborator is like you might forget an idea, but then like a couple of years later or whatever, a couple of months later, you know, your collaborator is like, "What about that thing you mentioned?" You know, it's like that's been rattling around my head. Um, but we we were writing a pilot recently, and um, we worked on the initial idea for the for the pilot for like a couple of two or three good sessions, mm. eh? And then we got to a point where we were just like, it's not, it's not working. So we just actually threw that idea away after three like sessions, which felt a bit scary because time's so precious and there's not much time, yeah. but it was definitely the best thing to do. And then just came up with a better idea and that just started to kind of write itself. You know, it's just much more easy. Yeah, and I easier. can't even remember what idea she's talking about throwing away. So <laughs> it was pretty bad. No, it was all right, but it just didn't work. I will tell you, I'll tell you later. <laughs> That's good. Um, so uh, I suppose this next question kind of follows on. Um, how do you then develop your initial ideas further? And how does this work differently when you're working with a writing partner um, as opposed to by yourselves? And I guess also part of that question, <laughs> elaborate question, um, how does your acting background affect the way that you guys write and collaborate with each other, do you think? Does it or not? There were so many words in that question. It was kind of like what was the A part to the question? The, the killing part is kind of about your development process. Like, okay, yeah, how so does it work? How yeah. do you guys work? 
Because only so much, Lucy, there's only so much space in here. Like, <laughs> I've never um, So tell me about your, um, yeah, your development process and your initial kind of development process and how that, how that um, works when you're working with someone else, like, for example, you two. Our, our, the main way that we have tended to work on different projects together mm. has been we'll try and get together. I mean, obviously, in lockdown, it was a lot of Zoom, Zoom meetings, you know, yeah. but normally we'll get together in person and kind of chat about the idea and talk about the idea and get together in a bar or cafe or, you know, rent somebody's room or something chat about the idea until we've kind of got it. And then, you know, and then normally we'll, you know, we'll have a producer that we'll be working with as well. And so producers are great for us because they give us deadlines and timelines and they email us and remind us to like get something to them. And sure. then we usually divvy up the writing, like uh, Madeline yeah. might do the first pass, you know, and then hand it to me and I'll do a little pass and she'll read it and then we'll send it to the producer and just kind of keep doing it like that. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes we'll get like... um a room of writers to help you know and do a bit of a session like that and uh -huh. um just steal everybody's ideas like get actors to read through scripts as well um yeah it's a kind of it, it's kind of the process kind of goes in a, in a cycle like that until we feel like we've got the script to a point where we're really happy with it um but jackie and i because we come out of it we came from the theater as actors mm. oh, you're doing the second, is, doing the second part of the question yeah. hey nice um it, like we we both and you know not all actors like working like this either but we both come from a very collaborative um background in terms of making theater and um you know uh doing a lot of um improvised theater and and stuff so we we love to work in that way we love to keep a written script alive and keep mm. on it until the very last moment during for the breaker upper as we were working on our script and workshopping our characters in production mm. a week in the you know like in production like the week pre, before yeah, pre, yeah. what do they call it pre-production 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 well, i remember some of my those theater terms. brain my theater brain yeah. um so yeah so i think and 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 to kind of go into that um that second part of that question i think that acting in terms of our writing i think especially for something like the Breaker Rappers where we knew we were performing. We definitely knew that. We didn't know we were going to direct as well. We, we kind of write to the, the, the moments we'd like to perform as well. So we think about the joy of a certain scenario and mm. us being able to perform it, which, which often translates into, um, ho hopefully translates into good comedy as well, because yeah. it's, we, we often just, as a litmus thing, we, it's like what, what amuses us in terms of the com if we're writing a comedy, or um, I guess for a drama, it would be what, what, what kind of affects you. Yeah, what makes us um, feel something. So, and I think that definitely comes from being actors and starting mm. out as actors is, is kind of this um, writing, writing a script through um, thinking about, or if we're writing for an, a, a, a performer, a different performer, like what would we want to see them do? Or, um, you know, yeah. the kind of joy that writing for performers and other, other actors brings us as and well. And often, like, we'll ask them, you know, if they're definitely cast in that role, you know, we'll get them on the phone or ask them or they'll get them to read the script. And But definitely when we do passes of a script, like, definitely um, I notice that Madeline will write more for her character and I'll write more for mine if we're writing for mm. ourselves, which feels kind of... It's sort of like a fast track to, yeah. um, to the process as well. And, and yeah, and I think... Um, I definitely think it's a different way of... of of working from from the way I've worked with other um, directors and things on set as well because we, we like to get on set and we like to sort of you know the script just stays alive you know and sure. we you know when we're directing we cast actors we know that can can make this make the Improvise, their dialogue better or, yeah. um, than what we m might have put in there um, so there's always that 
feeling of like we're, we're constantly workshopping um, the writing of it as actors. Yeah, we gave up the idea of having a finished script, you know, ready to shoot, like production ready. I don't, I don't know, we gave up on that idea a long time. You know, that, you know that idea, well, I used to have it when I started out writing, you think, and then it's perfect print, you know, it's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I really have realized it's such a blueprint for production. And especially if, you know, like some of the writing I do is for a different director, you know, it's just like I give, I give it my best shot and then they... Yeah, you make it the best you can, but then also be aware that it's going to move more. In production, and, and be yeah. Better, yeah. And be better. Do you... Um, okay, I'm just debating with this. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a three-part question. I know. I, said, I, know, I, know. I was like, do I go with some thoughts that popped into my head that you, from what you were just saying? Yeah, there were some thoughts. Yeah. Thought, <laughs> just improvising. Um, I am interested in this uh, in a bit more of how you worked the uh, process during Breaker Uppers. Because obviously, as you're saying, you didn't intend to be directing. At what point did you decide to direct? Why did you decide to direct? And... Um, how did you work that? Did you have quite clear demarcated roles like I'm directing this day or whatever? Or did you, was it quite fluid? Did you direct each other's scenes? Like how did that, how did that um, process work in practicality, I guess? I hated it. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. You promised we wouldn't go into this. <laughs> um, you're looking at me because you want me to answer. Yeah, cool. Oh, no, I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, yes, we, it was really, it was chaos. Like we, you know, we kind of, it felt like a sprint into pre-production for the script and then for our, for our film. And then all of a sudden, what, what it felt like we hadn't done was do any work in terms of our own characters uh -huh. um, and bringing them, you know, getting them mm. on, on their feet. So there was this kind of manic, um, like working out what the hell we were going to do on screen, let alone all the other stuff that was going on behind. Um, we've got a couple, a couple of people in the room with us in that yeah. final week of rehearsal. We're like, God, we've rehearsed everyone else, but we haven't rehearsed, rehearsed ourselves. So we got Jermaine Clement and Tom Sainsbury to come in and go, can you guys just like watch us act and make us better? Because yeah. we're different. Um, like, and like, tell us what our characters are looking yeah, like. So we got to do like a little <laughs> few days workshop with our characters right. that we could you know, because we obviously the characters were in our heads so much, mm. but standing them up and being them and inhabiting them is, is totally different. Um, but I do feel sorry for our heads of department in that film because in pre-production we were like literally, because we're acting, writing, directing, literally meant to be in different rooms at the same time. Like we were meant to be doing the script changes whilst we're doing our wardrobe, yep. whilst we're meant to be signing off production design and the heads of department were very patient and kind to yeah. us. And we didn't um, have a plan, we didn't have a blueprint because we hadn't co-directed before. So we were just kind of winging it, really, and everyone was being very gracious and very patient with us. Yeah. Um, and then on set, well, we had had um, the chance to film a sort of trailer of the film. Um, like a proof of concept. A proof of concept yeah. for the film commission. So we did have a little, little tiny test of how it might work. And we were lucky that um, sort of naturally it happened that we, if one of us was in a scene more, then um, then the other person would be behind camera with camera and, and vice versa. And what the other person would be with the actors kind of doing that side of it. So that sort of gradually, naturally sort of happened. Yeah, um, like we, someone might be in the makeup truck as the, like Melon might be in the makeup truck while she's getting her makeup done and talking to the other actors and kind of doing a little line run. Yeah. Might, be, might be more with camera or vice yeah. versa. And then, and we were also lucky enough to have, um, when we were both in like quite full on scenes, um, we were lucky to have Ainsley Gardner 
um, our producer on set with us on those days to kind of um, be our eyes a little bit. And she's oh, nice. a writer-director as well so yeah. and producer extraordinaire. So mm. we were lucky um, that she could be um, that person for us on those days. And I think the AD, I think the AD really appreciated her because when Madeline and I were both on camera and we mm. find ourselves so funny and we're improvising and we won't call cut. Like, yeah, like right. this point because and like even Ainsley would try and call cut sometimes. We'll go, oh no, no, I've got one more line. I've got this one funny. And then we'd do like some dumb line and she'd be like, oh, cut, cut, cut. So we needed her like to actually keep on um <laughs> schedule. Yeah. Yeah. None of those lines made it in. I mean, and, uh, yeah, also we no, no. All of them did. What are you talking about? But I mean, sometimes about? when we were on these roles, it was oh, like, I think she could see. But I think it was also that, that kind of panic, that panic of like, you know, we shot our film in how many days? 20, 23. 23 days. Right. So we knew like, and I've not, I know this from shooting low budget TV, that if you keep, keep it rolling, <laughs> you can get all your options in because you're not going to get another take. You know, yeah, you're yeah. moving so fast that you're not going to get another take. But if you can get a couple more gags in on the reel, mm. then you've got them, even though the editor's going to hate you because there's no markers. Editors. And those, the, what are they called? Are they the data wranglers? The people where all the data is just like so overpower and their systems are like shutting down because they're just like, yeah. why won't you guys cut? Yeah. We're too scared to cut in case we get told we have to move on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> definitely, um, I definitely feel like taking on all three roles is really intense. Writer, actor, director is, is, is quite... Would you do it again? Like taking on those yeah. all those three yeah. roles. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> loved it. Absolutely loved it. I mean, I would. I probably wouldn't. I, I mean, like I do it in a co-directing sense. I don't know if I'd do it by myself. I don't know. Yeah. Would you do anything differently? Do you think you learnt things that you go? Actually, I might tweak that way that we did that, or I might think that through. Yeah. Yep. And this is one thing Jermaine told us because he had done it in Shadows, mm -hmm. of course. Him mm -hmm. and Tyker had written, directed, and this is one of the reasons why we did decide to direct. Going back to your A part of the question. <laughs> Um, this is one of the reasons why we did decide to direct a because Taika wasn't available um, mm. because, You know, we, we did say we'd sounded him out, but he was mm -hmm. on Thor um, So a little movie called Thor. Yeah, and yeah. B, because both Jermaine and Taika had done it and they were both like well, especially Taika I remember going you guys should just do it yourselves Like you have the vision like yeah. we're on shadows you guys can do it and we were like, oh, yeah, we can do that um, But one thing that and I remember Jermaine saying this to us before we shot and we still and we still do didn't it. do it He said when you're in production, what the tendency will be to like spend all your time on, you know, with the, with the camera pointed towards all the other actors, but you've got yep. to remember to turn the camera around and get yourself on screen. But we, we still like, we'd only we leave ourselves like two we minutes. Didn't. There's like, a, oh. there's a key scene towards the end of our film, which we literally left the last minute of the day to shoot. And it's like a, it's like the big resolution, beautiful moment. And it's, we literally got I think we had four minutes to shoot yeah, that whole We got thing. into the edit and we had maybe two takes. <laughs> Oh, and it's because we'd spent, you know, like hours cracking up at all the other actors doing amazing and big stuff. dance sequences. Yeah. And, you know, but yeah, like, and it's that typical Kiwi thing of, I think, as well, a little bit of like, you know, you don't want to take any time for yourself. Oh no, I'll be all right. I'll just, yeah. nah, nah, I, I just need four minutes. That's it. Yeah, I'll just do it. I'll be I'm good. Yeah. Oh, four minutes will be fine. Um, <laughs> that was one thing yeah. that we'd, I think, would be more mindful of next time, yep. sharing out the time a bit more in a bit more of a responsible way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, so tell me, uh, I the break rappers um, has a very dis well. I think it has a distinctly New Zealand voice. They're New Zealand characters, and it you know you got you guys um, comedic style is forefront. Uh, but it has it seems to have been really well received nationally and internationally. 
were you guys conscious of making a film that would appeal to an international audience or was it just a lucky outcome um, in this scenario? And I suppose part of that question as well, <laughs> double questions every time, um, what do you think are the, the main things, the best ingredients for making comedy that works internationally and across borders? Well, I think... Um, we were always keen to make something that we found funny. Like that was kind of number one. Um, and we were also really clear that the, we really felt the more specific we can be to New Zealand, to Auckland, or to the people we... To you ourselves, know, to our age group, to, to our the communities. We were, yeah, yeah. Like, the more specific we can be, the more interesting it's going to be for an international audience. Sure. And the more hopefully authentic for a local audience as well. And... Um, because I remember back in the day, you know, I used to read, you know, before I was able to get any funding, you know, I used to read the things that it had to be, you know, there was that real thing of we were all trying to write international stories mm. and, and things. But I have actually found, um, and I think a lot of people have come around to this, it's like, New Zealand is really interesting. And we're quite, our culture is, you know, which is quite specific and kind of odd in a way, is fascinating to the outside world. And, you know, of course, we've got, you know, the part of the Concords and, you know, Taika and Reese to thank for kind of, um, mm. you know, finding that platform, that international, international platform yeah. for New Zealand comedy. Um, but people, yeah, like we, when you, I mean, in South by Southwest, where we premiered mm. it, it was, um, it was great. Like, yeah, and everyone talked about how much they love New Zealand comedy. Or like, it's awesome. Yeah, it's like, there, there was the first time that I'd experienced, like, people saying, oh, there's a thing and it's called New Zealand comedy. Yeah. And there's certain um, elements attached to that, you know, a dryness and a, and a kind of awkwardness and a, a um, naivety or something mm. um, that people had a charm to, with that, with all those things that people really loved and responded to and recognized, you know, and, you know, our film premiered at South by a few months, probably after Thor um, came out. Oh, that's good timing. Right. And mm. the, the fact that Taika had gotten so much of New Zealand comedy into that mm. American blockbuster, I think has brought, has brought that kind of whole style of comedy to a new, bigger mainstream. Yeah. So mm. I, I definitely felt that recognition from the feedback we got in South by that that people knew New Zealand comedy now and yeah. were hungry for it. And mm. um, and yeah, and I think for a long time, I guess as as you know, culturally in New Zealand, we've um, we we spent a lot of time looking out for how to do things as opposed to kind of looking at mm. ourselves and finding the joy and the and the charm of our of ourselves and how mm. to express that and, and having confidence in that instead of mm. the cringe that happened for a long time. I feel like when I first started out in the industry, when I left high school, there was a lot of people trying to copy formats of, of other shows overseas and make mm. the New Zealand version of that. And they were always jarring and never worked. And then something like, you know, I think that did it so successfully was Outrageous Fortune, which is just unapologetically <laughs> West Auckland Bogan um, show that just was you know, it was appointment television. Like everyone loved that show so much. And for me, it was one of the first examples of, of seeing New Zealand, recognizable mm. New Zealanders um, mm. and feeling like there was this really slick production that came with it. Mm. We could celebrate that kind of bogan, you know, and, yeah. mm. and we were kind of creating our own kind of icons. Um, mm. And yeah, I think for me in my career, like in back in theater days, you know, I started out doing number two, the play and, mm. and I would get the same sort of feedback all the time as well. It was like, it was such a specific play set in Mount Roskill mm. with a bunch of Kiwi characters, but mm. everywhere I toured that show, people would recognize their own families. And I think it always comes back to that thing of you, if you are portraying something really authentically 
and with with heart and with um you know with it becomes universal in a way because mm. the experience is so authentic that people can see themselves reflected back in it. So I think by the virtue of that, it makes it international, you know, if they can, yes. you know, and, and with the breaker uppers as well, it was such a universal concept being, mm. you know, breaking up with. And it's kind of like a little fantasy that a lot of people have sometimes when their relationships are, are, are when they're struggling with that. So we had that on our side as well. That was quite a universal concept. Quite specific. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, um, I have a, uh, okay. Having, <laughs> I'm just debating which one to go for. Um, now there's a lot of um, social change going on at the moment. Um, COVID-19, Black Lives Matter, uh, climate change, and the ongoing conversation about equality of women in this industry is particularly behind the camera. Um, have any of these issues affected you in terms of the stories that you guys want to tell or the, or the way that you are creating work now or not? And if so, how? I mean, I think... I think, you know, being being women and, you know, being underrepresented mm. still, you know, on screen and behind the camera, I think kind of innately we like to write for and cast and, uh, you know, like, um, you know, strong and weird and odd and, you know, reprehensible female characters. Um, I think that just kind of happens quite naturally, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah and I think there's a kind of a build-up of the fact that, you know, like we've all been in the industry so long and had to go along to auditions for roles that were just horribly written or unrealistic or objectified or, you know, I can think of countless of those experiences that have built up over time that when we get to this point in history where, you know, like we're suddenly being celebrated as filmmakers or, or creators and we've got a platform now that we can, now we can actually tell like people are ready and we can tell those stories that we've been wanting to tell and play those characters that we've been wanting to play com more complex female characters because mm. yeah i mean the 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 gaze has been male for so long yeah and it's been um white for so long too you know mm. like ma mainly and so now that we're now that people are sort of starting to see how how it's been how it's been and how we can change that is it's just exciting because it means that we're just going to get so many more different stories and 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 unearth some great characters and stories um that we haven't had the opportunity to see before so Absolutely. yeah and i think it's a great i mean it's such a great time i mean comparatively such a great time for female <laughs> makers at the moment and i do a bit of mentoring every now and then yeah. you know and again for you know emerging writers and directors and they're mainly mainly female the ones i kind of match with um and i'm always saying to them just do it now like do it now because i always have this nervousness that it might like it's going to end or it's the window's going to close or it's going to change and um it's like get all your stuff in now like start pitching just pitch everything you've got like don't be scared like you don't have time to be scared i have this kind of urgency as well because mm -hmm. it is such a great time you know there are so many great incentives at the moment for females um yeah i kind of have this urgency that i'm trying to kind of spread around females that are maybe a bit nervous about sticking up their hand or putting in a proposal or having a having a go at directing i'm like do it now well it's even, you know like even going back to us having that i remember we were editing oh no we were in 
Wellington doing something when we decided to direct. Oh yeah, we were doing something. I've got no idea what we were at Park Road Post. We were at Park Road. And I've got no what idea are we doing why. There? I don't are we editing know. editing a trailer? But it's a beautiful post facility. <laughs> but but I remember having the conversation about doing. like what like the thought of the thought of us directing this film as well as writing and, and acting. It was a little bit of a hurdle to get over for ourselves. Mm. Yeah. And then when you think deeply about it, like, why is that a hurdle? Why is it yeah. so much easier for, like, the boys who were telling us, you know, Tyker and Jermaine, telling us to do it? It was just, it just was no question for them that they would do that. But for us, there was a little bit holding us back. And that's totally to do with sort of this, you know, not seeing ourselves reflected in those positions. Mm, often, yeah. You know, and so... Yeah, I mean, I think... And I think we wanted to make sure it was going to be fun for us. And I think we were worried that day. I remember lying on the carpet of that suite going, oh, I don't know, I think we're taking on too much, Madeline. I don't know like, if it's it going to be fun. It might not be fun, but we need to do it for the, for, for, for the female <laughs> gaze. We need to do it. Um, no, but yeah, and I, I just think, I think it's a very exciting time. And then we rang Tyker and he said no. no. <laughs> I think it's no. a very exciting time just, just because of everything that's happening with the, you know, the, you know, with, with all the chaos, that, I guess, in the world. Um, yeah. But everything that's kind of happened since I would say Trump came into office, you know, with me too and time's up, you know, mm. there's this newfound kind of um, confidence and excitement and, and passion, especially for women and people of colour and LGBTQ, I, however, you know, plus. it's plus LGBTQI plus, um, you know, now there's just, and there's an appetite too for the stories as well, and for, and yeah. for stories, which is great. So one other, one other change, something that has affected us is like with the whole, you know, um, horrific global pandemic, you know, mm. there are stories that we, because we have a lot of ideas and stories and they're ones that we were going to pitch that were, you know, based outside of New Zealand. But now, of course, we're taking all of those ideas and seeing if we can flip them and shoot them in New Zealand. Right. Or can we access international money? So kind of trying to flip our brain around a bit. And some stories work if we flip it and some just don't. So we can't oh, yeah. because New Zealand, hopefully soon, you know, will be up and running, you know, properly yeah. back on its feet. Whereas mm. um, not so in other countries. Yeah. yeah. No. I think there will definitely be like, I feel like there will definitely be a shift to making, uh, you know, production in lots of other different countries as opposed to being really focused on shooting stuff in America or shooting stuff in the UK. Like, yeah. I think it's a really um, interesting time for Australia and New Zealand, especially. Um, and not just the story, not just us as a location to shoot, but the stories that we tell as well yeah. for an international audience. I think places like Netflix have really kind yeah. of ruined people's appetite for. Um, you know, whereas in, in the past, everyone wanted to make a, a movie for America, about Americans in America. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. now everyone's a bit like, you know, even even when we've been pitching in LA, a lot of people have been like, well, would you set this in New Zealand? We're like, oh. Yeah, would you guys would, be in it? Would, would you, you do it in New Zealand? Yeah, like, right. Yeah, right. Right. Because we will. Well, if it's that so nice. It's so nice of so nice you guys to Do you guys want to, can we do our accents? <laughs> Whoa. That's right. so cool. You know, um, so yeah. we did an amazing pitch, uh, which wasn't successful actually, but it, it became, you know, we had other success with it. But we did an amazing pitch at Netflix um, for a show while there was an armed offender and the whole building was in lockdown. And we were there with Carthew. And yeah. we, what I find funny in hindsight is Madeline Carthew and I continued to pitch as the, as the, all of the Americans are pretty much They're under their They're all on their phones getting like texts from out. HR going, yep. Um, we continued to pitch. If you're in the East Wing, you're fine. Yeah. Um, but if you're in the West, go under your desk now. Don't, don't go close to the windows. It's, oh um, my gosh. Yeah. 
Yeah. We didn't get that job. Crazy. <laughs> but you interesting. They weren't listening. I don't feel like they were focused. <laughs> No, but that's okay. That we got that job. We got we, we still got, got some, that job. We, got somewhere we just didn't else. get it with them. No. That's all right. But we still so tell it. me, tell me, what is next? What is next for you guys? I hear that there's a I don't know. I heard something about a um, project called Hope. Is that right? Yes. With Netflix, is that taking yeah. along, or is that shelved for now because it's international, or what's? No, what's we are we're in a um, yeah because Hope is um, a Netflix rom-com starring the wonderful and mad and insane Aubrey Plaza, who we love. Mm-hmm. love and um, yeah, so we've um, attached as directors, but we've also just, um, we're just in the middle of doing a pass, like a writing pass, Madeline and right. I, on, on the script. A director's pass? A director's right? pass? Yeah, I don't know. Probably. Yeah, that's right. We're working on the script. Um, and that's super fun. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of nearly ready whether or not America will be ready for us to shoot. But um, yeah. again, you know, our producer has been looking at options of maybe, you know, shooting here and then doing a bit of second unit over there or how, you know, different ways that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we they're could starting, do that. I think they're starting to get production going over there. It's such a weird... But there's such a backlog that everyone wants to shoot. All the backlog wants to shoot all at once. So it's such it's, a weird yeah. year. It's such a weird year. So we just go back to bed. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Let's go back to bed for the year, yeah. for the whole year. That's what I feel like doing. Yeah. Okay. Um, that is uh, great. I have um, one more question before we open up to everybody else, I think. Um, I Now, you sort of started going into this before, Jackie, but I'm interested a bit further for, from the two of you. Um, I know that you have both been working, you know, for a long time. It's not overnight success for you for either of you, because you've been working in theatre and like your own stuff and all that for a really long time. Now, um, I imagine there are a lot of actors who are considering making their own work or trying to get their own projects off the ground, whether that be on screen or in the theatre. What would you say, I mean, I know you've kind of said already about directors, just do it now, um, but what would you say to encourage, you know, all of those people who are, I guess, like you, a few years ago, um, unsure of the next step or how do they get their own projects off the ground, um, having building that confidence to to take the plunge, to, to be an actor, writer, director, to do the whole thing. What would you say to those people? Well, oh, it's, that's a big question, but <laughs> I think that for me, what I've, what I've really learnt over, you know, the years of all of my theatre stuff and then I've made my I funded all my own short films, you know, mm. and then eventually moved into features. Um, but, you know, what's become very clear to me that if you have a good idea, like, first of all, make sure it is a good idea. Make sure, you know, make sure that it's an idea you're really excited about. But if you've got the kernel of a good idea, like, that is so valuable. Like, mm-hmm. certainly the meetings, all the meetings we've had over in LA, everyone's just looking for a really good idea. Right. You know, so all those people who do have, you know, what they think might be quite a good idea, I'd, I'd, I'd really kind of remind people to remember the value of that mm-hmm. you know? and so then the next thing I think is to put a team around it and you know if you're not networked enough to be able to ring up an A-list producer maybe it's just about getting a couple of really good friends who are quite competent like I made all of my short films um you know myself just with and I was in Australia so I didn't really even know anyone to help me my husband helped me um <laughs> Jesse um but then I had to like kind of just ask favors from like VCA graduates and, you know, mm. pay them like $50 a day, you know? Um, but like, if you have a good idea, it's then to like get some good people around it, you know, yeah. and not frightening people who are going to change your idea, but people who are going to support the idea. 
yeah. and support you. And then it's, it's about trying to, especially if it's like a short film or like a web series, yeah. then it's about just, I think, trying to make it rather than getting into, oh, I've got to have an A-list producer. Oh, you're spinning Sorry. the chair. Oh, no, no, you know, you go. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> it's on a spinning chair. Sorry. It's on a spinning chair. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but, and, you know, so for me, especially if you're just like, um, you know, if you don't have a huge body of work already, yeah. don't have a huge amount of, you know, a, a, a track of, you know, funding. Um, I think it's about taking the good idea. Yeah. Putting people that you trust mm. and who are, who are good mm. um, and just trying to get it onto screen or whatever it is, like trying to make it because then when you've got something to show people, I certainly found this and, you know, in my working life, I would, I pitched for years, like and wrote scripts and stuff and I never got any funding in theater or film. Mm. Um, but as soon as I thought just, I'll oh, stuff it. I'm just going to start making stuff and then I can show people what I mean. And yeah. people were like, oh, that's quite good. And then I would start to get programmed at festivals. Like, oh yeah, I kind of get that tone or whatever. But I, I just really failed to be able to convince anyone to give me any mm. money when I was just writing scripts without something to show people of how I was going to make it. So, right. and, and there's yeah. so many ways now too of, of, um, that are cheap now. To, yeah. Um, getting cheap um. <laughs> 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 to like get, get work made, you know, that like you can yeah. make films on an iPhone and put them on YouTube now. And, yeah. um, so there's really, um, no limit to how much you can get done without financial help. If you have, some good people around you, you know, workshopping a script, getting your mates to read through it, um, all those ways that you can actually, but you've got to put the, you've got to put groundwork in. You can't just, mm. I think, um, I think I, and I definitely suffer from this for a while of like having the good idea, but feeling like the world was already against me and then not yeah. progressing with it. You've got to really work hard to have something to present to people that's a bit more formed than just the passionate idea that you chat to your mates it's gonna about, be really you know? good i'll show yeah. us something you know show yeah. us if you want to see but if it's a tv show you know work out what that first episode's going to be work out what the um great episode arc will be for the you know for the whole series like do a bit of the groundwork and be really know know what you're talking about so that when you do eventually get in the room with the people that could potentially give you the money to make it you absolutely know every little nook and cranny of that yeah. idea, you know? Yeah. And if you're not such a, like a writerly person, you know, if you're more like, you know, performance driven as an actor or you're a director who likes working with actors, like even just to have a little proof of concept from your idea of like, get one of your friends who you think would be great in one of the parts and just film them in character. Mm. I don't, even like a 30 seconds or a minute to help give people the flavor of what you're trying to pitch. Like just to have something mm. like we, um, we helped out give away the, um, the gender scholarship recently yes. to oh, the film commission. brilliant women. There were so many brilliant women that had applied, but it was really fascinating. The people that would either do the interview, like they'd film themselves doing an interview. And so that we'd watch all of those videos and any kind of proof of concept or little clip that people, so we really understood their work and what they were trying mm. to do so easily. Mm. Um, and for people that, you know, didn't, didn't show us that it was harder for us to kind of imagine what, they might what, what their dreams and ambitions were you know yeah yeah i do know yeah mm -hmm. that's great advice thank you both for that um i think we should open it up to questions and see what everyone else wants to know okay. <laughs> we've had enough time now thanks lucy I'll put no worries Hello, hello Hi, hi. My name is Rain. I love both of your work. I've followed your careers. Um, 
I'm an actor writer and I've just started getting into directing. I directed just the first episode of a comedy short form comedy series that I wrote. Um, and I'm right at kind of the turning point of deciding whether I go and try to do a master's in filmmaking or directing or whether I don't. And I'm just, yeah, it's kind of a hard decision to make. I wondered if you had any thoughts on the importance of formal training um, and then also maybe how you guys evolved. Uh, you know, I know you just kind of did it all yourselves for the most part and, and how that worked in terms of learning the technical elements and all the different elements that you might not already know from being on set as an actor. Yeah, well, or have a um, sense of. Ah, yeah, I mean, neither of us have been to film school and neither of us have been to drama school. Um, but I mean, I, I'm all for like doing, you know, doing, uh, you know, going to uni or going to a school as long as there are practical components. So I'd, I'd say in my in my just in my own humble opinion, as long as there are practical components and it's kind of project based, like if you were if you come out of a year of, um, you know, post-grad or whatever, or do a master's, for me, like, if you're, yeah, I'd, I'd want to have, you know, at least two or three projects or, like, one big project rather than it just being theoretical because, for me, um, I find I learn, you know, the most quickly when I'm just trying and failing, basically, just trying to make something and failing, like, with all my short films, like, I just learned so much, um, but if you, yeah, if you find a framework that you're happy to pay for and can attend, I think that's like a real gift as long as you get to make stuff inside of that framework. Um, Madeline? Yeah, I would agree with all of that. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I yeah, I learned, um, I, I learned acting via just doing plays and touring plays. And then mm -hmm. um, similar to Jackie, I started writing, writing television. I'd never written television before. And, um, yeah, it is like... You, you do learn it's a more brutal process sometimes because mm. there's no safety net and your fa your failings are exposed to everyone um but there is something um there is something amazing about doing that and there is sort of a i think you learn maybe you learn faster uh, somehow i don't know because you don't want to don't want to fail again well i mean you're testing it with audiences and like if yeah. you are making things that you're submitting to festivals or or, or you're uploading online like what I think is great, but it is kind of scary and quite brutal, is that you're getting immediate feedback from your audience, yeah. you know, which I think makes you learn really quickly. Yeah, and for the technical, because I mean, you know, I I think um, we've we've worked with I've worked with a bunch of lovely, you know, DOPs and Ginny Lone who worked on our um, on our film with us. Like, you know, there's often that one of those one of those things, especially as a woman, because you know, uh, I, you know, often. Um, there's that perception of like you know you know you're not on so much on to, on the techie side of things, mm -hmm. um, but we had this wonderful DOP Jenny Lone uh, who worked on our film who obviously knows so many amazing technical things who never ever made us feel like we needed to know anything technical you know she kind of no she, but but you know the the need to learn that stuff um, comes kind of naturally and you can ask lots of questions on set and because I often have that thing too of should I go to a film school and learn mm. exactly what all the sizes mean and things. But I've, I've, what I've learned from being on the job is that, um, you know, as long as you've got someone that you can communicate well and they can understand your vision and you, you don't necessarily need to know a lot of that. No, um, I mean, I would technical side of stuff. Yeah, I agree. And often, you know, like a, a good DP is very happy to like, just translate, like, we, you know, I try and talk in feelings as a director, like I want this to feel like kind of intimate, but lonely. And then they choose the lens, you know. Um, I do, I keep 
thinking I do have to do a YouTube tutorial and so I can learn my lens sizes and all that. I did that. I did a lot of that before the break for Oh, did you? I did. Did you use any of that jargon? No, I didn't know. Not at all, but I could kind of understand when when they would say it. It's sort of like, you know, when I lived in France for a bit and I didn't really understand what they were saying, but I could kind of get along, get by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know just I know just enough. Yeah. Um, but I will say, um, I will say that I jump at opportunities and always have to do like short workshops, you know, with practitioners who know a lot more than me. And I'm like so big on like mentoring. Like I, I was saying before that I mentor, but I also apply for mentorships. Like I've worked, um, I got a mentorship a couple of years ago with Nikki Caro and that was just like taught me so much. Like my learning just kind of jumped forward so much. Um, I think mentorships um, or like finding a great teacher um, is a really great idea. Mentorships are great. They're the best. Mm. And can I ask, sorry, just because while I'm still on, can I ask, it's a bit cheeky, but Jackie, where could I apply for you to be my mentor? (laughs) Now, uh, the New Zealand Film Commission or any of the guilds. I work with the, I'm a member of the Writers Guild, um, Script to Screen, I work a lot with that organisation. I'm half Kiwi, but I'm technically Australian. Do you work with any Aussies? Ah, I love Australia (laughs) because I lived in Australia, but I don't know. You'd have to look up the specific criteria. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Need to ask those. I'll have a look. No problem. (laughs) Cool. Cool. Hi there. Hi. (laughs) Um, I think you kind of answered it already in the uh, last big question of questions. Um. But I was just wanting to know a bit more about your process in finding funding or producers. Was it mostly people that you already collaborated with who um, you knew that they would have a similar vision or was there a certain kind of like festival that you really pinpointed your, um, your vision to? Um, I think for, um, for our film, at least we went through um, picky films, which is, um, uh, Kathy Neal and Taika, who are we've all done we've done work with before. I did two seasons of a, uh, of a TV show with Kathy um, back here, um, and so and the picky kind of collective is a kind of group of uh, like-minded um, writers and things. So we sort of had our own producing kind of pool of people, um, and then we had Ainsley Gardner and Georgina, who were Misconception, come on board. Um, to be on sort of our on the ground producers um, for our film. Um, yeah, because we did, we chose to pitch, you know, because we came, you know, we came up with the idea and worked the idea up a little bit just before we attached a producer. Because mm. it's always good mm. to kind of be able to pitch something reasonably yeah. solidish to a producer, <laughs> even if they are a really good friend, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's right, Carthew and Taika and Picky felt like a really good fit for us a because we've known them a long time and we trust them but also because they make really good projects and use really great processes that we like um for a project like um i'm again working on just i've got a kernel of an idea for for something in the future it's kind of like wondering about like you know in, like if you're thinking like an oh, i need an international like or i need some a company in london or i need an australian company what i do is i um I find all my favorite work from that country and then I just Google it and see who made it. And I'm like, Ooh, I might hit up. I might see if I can find someone at that company I could talk to, you know, it's always like, yeah. Hey, you want to find people that make the work in the, you know, in the process that you like, if you can find out about that, but also, you know, what do their productions look like? Does it have 
the same scale or tone that you're wanting or same irreverence or kind of like it's trying to find the flavor like a good yeah flavor a good, that a good match mm. for, your, for what you're trying to do i think yeah but what i also say um you know to people who are just you know uh or to anyone who's just kind of emerging and they're trying to find a producer is um I always think it's good to just work with someone you really like that kind of gets you and is excited about the vision, regardless of experience. Um, I think it's so important. Like what I've really learned is just if everyone's working on the same vision and you're working towards, toward, yeah, basically you align your visions and you're working towards the the same thing, then it can be really great. What's tricky is if, um, when the vision's kind of a little bit splintered because of different degrees of experience or that's when I find things kind of the ideas kind of get a bit more dilute and go a bit wonky. Yeah. <laughs> you, want really interesting. Thanks, you, you want people that are going to go along with your vision, but also challenge you and make it better. Mm. Um, and so you, you don't necessarily want people that are just going to say yes to everything you want, but you mm. want, you want that good, robust collaborative process that, is going to make for a better thing in the end. And sometimes that can feel a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. Um, so it's just about finding those people that will challenge you and make you better as well, make your 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 movie or whatever better. Yeah, because I pitch projects mm. to producers, you know, reasonably regularly. And, you know, a lot of the time they all say no, and what, which I always respect because I go, oh, it's not the kind of project they're wanting to make or that's not the kind of thing they do. But they'll always, if they're kind... Um, they'll always suggest another company or another person that might be a better, better match for me or the project idea, you know, which okay. is quite cool. Yeah. 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 Wow. Thanks for that. No worries. Kia ora kōrua. Thank you. Uh, I work in as an actor and in casting, and so I've got a question about um, that from both camps. How do you... Oh yeah, oh, noddy! Look at that. Got a hat for every other person. Anyone else that's got a hat, I've got the same one. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, I'm just wondering how you both approach the casting process because I know a lot of your work is, um, well, your um, the break rappers a lot was uh, a lot relied on improvisation and skills there. So I'm just wondering how you looked at the casting process, how you worked with your casting director on. Um, tar- targeting the brief to certain people and then when you were in the room with actors how you work them up to make sure that they were conveying the journey of the character if that yeah, we um it's a sort of a combination of a lot of things really like we we wrote with a lot of people in mind um so that was a bit of a, a which helped us as writers because we could kind of envision the character and um the person playing it um and then I guess within the back of the, our mind, the fact that they might not be able to play that person, but it, at least it kind of gave us um, something exciting to kind of work towards mm. in the writing of that character, mm. a dream, a wish list. Mm. Um, then, you know, in, a, in the case, in, because we're actors and we know a lot of actors and we've worked with a lot of people, there were just people that we knew would be great to work with. Um, so we um, uh, would kind of um, <laughs> just get them on board and, and ask them to kind of, Although we had to audition, we auditioned pretty widely for um, a role of Sepa. Yeah. 
Sefa in the Breaker Uppers. Mm. You want to talk about that? Because that was one oh, yeah. we didn't have anyone really in mind, eh? Did yeah, you? we didn't. We just had this kind of powerhouse character who we knew we loved. And, and, we and she's a character play. that played um, James Rolleston. I don't know how many people have seen the movie, but James Rolleston's, Jordan's girlfriend, quite yeah. staunch girlfriend. Yeah, yeah and she, and yeah, we, we did, uh, we had, uh, we worked with Catch Casting, um, Stu Turner in Auckland, who, um, he's also just a great, um, you know, interpreter of scripts and mm -hmm. uh, he's just kind of can cast the net really widely and found a really diverse bunch of girls to audition, mm. women to audition for that part. And we landed on Anna Scottney, who was kind of a find really, mm. um, just kind of absolutely leapt off out of the camera at us. At us, at us. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that was a bit of a mixture of that, and then for her, for her friend group, um, there are lots of. Um, we kind of auditioned a few crews of women. Yeah, one from Australia friends. that was coming through. Yeah, they were doing a show in New yeah. Zealand. And they were just like, we just knew we needed. She, we needed a chorus of like fierce women, mm. um, and yeah, we um, we ended up with a mixture of. Although we try to get we try to get a couple of girls from Australia. Yeah, I don't think we could for budget. Eh? A budget, no. Um, but I think I'm going to work with one of them on this oh, really? project. Yeah, oh, good. one of those skills. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, kind of a kind of a mixture of all all the things. Sometimes writing for people, sometimes trying to find new great people. And when we brought Anna, you know, because we saw Anna's tape and she was amazing. And then of course we want to meet her in person and do that second audition, you know. And so Stu brought her in and we were both there. And basically we just wanted to see whether she could, because um, clearly she was a great actor. She'd just come out of drama school and um, we just wanted to see how versatile she was and whether she could improvise and felt comfortable. And she just smashed it, eh? Like yeah. we could barely keep up with her improv, I remember, yeah. in the audition. It was just like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, because for the, for the way we work, we love, um, we love, you don't necessarily have to be an improviser before no. you come to our movie, but we'd like you to be open to the possibility of what, you know, like of that and be comfortable in that sort of environment. And so um, we would often um, improvise with a lot of the actors um, that we cast. Because also what, I mean, like as well as kind of actors often come up with funnier lines, you know, than we've written, but spent five years trying to write. But, um, but also, you know, I do find, you know, we do find with improv, um, unless you rewrite for every character after you cast, but you know, if there is a little bit of improv, um, it just feels a bit more authentic coming out of their mouths if they're kind of putting it into their own words a bit as well. Yeah, and that's, I think especially for comedy and improv, like it's so good to have options for gags and, and comedy. Mm. And so to have someone that can improv and to give you more than you've written um, is, yeah. is great as well. And then we had that other part, um, we had the, uh, what was the what was the character name of the one who cries a lot? Uh, Celia Cole's character. Yeah, Celia. Anna. 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 <laughs> um, we had the character of Anna, um, and we knew that um, we needed to cast her out of Australia. So that was quite a different casting process. So we were just like, you know, just chose some actors that we knew about and asked people, and our producer sent us a list, and then our distributor sent us a list of you know, you know, I guess celebrity actors, and we just watched heaps of YouTube, and then. Um, just uh, asked Celia if we could Skype her and have a chat to her. And yeah. I think she did a little audition. Eh? Yeah. She was like, she was happy to do a little audition. Of course, mm -hmm. sometimes you can't ask celebrity actors to audition because they'll hang up on And it. we could tell too from like, we basically watched, like the thing that got us 
that we loved for Celia was that her, the blooper, like a blooper reel for Rosehaven, where we were just like, oh, we can just tell she's on our on our level and on the vibe and kind of thinks along the same lines yeah. somehow. And she'd done drama as well as comedy. And so the character of Anna, if you've seen the movie, um, she does kind of cry a lot and she's quite, you know, she's a comedy she's character, really but, yeah. but she was great in both drama and comedy. So we're like, she's solid. Yeah, but I think it's, yeah, I think just in general, I think it's important to kind of, know what you're making and know what, what you need from your actors and then, um, you know, make sure that you go through that process as a director or whatever and, and, and you're, you're casting people that are going to be able to give you what you need. Work within your roles. process, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I'm going to enjoy that process as well, you know. Yeah, some people There's no point it. casting someone to do, you know, when you want them to do improv if they absolutely hate improv. And I, I know a lot of actors like that as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, some, some actors are so frightened of it or just hate it. Yeah. And vice versa. Like, yeah. don't don't ever cast us in one of your projects if you don't want to improvise us because we can't help ourselves, can we? And that's annoying. Yeah, I've had to do they start, yeah, You have to do the script, don't you? But the poor director. And I'm not saying to poor you, I'm saying the poor directors. Don't make me do it. Oh my God, it's not about you. I'm saying the poor directors, like getting you, and you won't do the lines in the script. I That's will annoying. do the lines, but I'll feel sad about it. Oh my God, you see? What can you do? Thank you. That's don't awesome. Cast me. Just don't cast Just me. Just don't cast it, honestly. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Um, I love you two so much. And I was wondering if you knew straight away when you met each other that it was going to be such a creative partnership and such a fruitful fruitful duo i'm kind of looking for my other half and i wondered if you had any tips oh um well we were as i said we were just teenagers when we met so um i remember I, you <laughs> i i think you know for <laughs> us like we've been friends longer than we've been collaborators to be honest yeah um and we've been through so much on a friendship level that going into the writing of our film felt very natural. It felt very easy. Um, we knew all the highs and lows of each other's lives yeah, already. So there's lots act, to draw on. Acting we'd already done, so we knew that we could do that. And we enjoyed doing that together. Directing was a was a was a question mark in terms of whether we'd find a way of making that work. Um, and because we'd both done that sort of individually, there was a and we hadn't had time to process how to do that or what the rules mm -hmm. were or anything. That was that was a little bit more like doing something for the first time together, but everything else we've kind of done together a lot of. And, yeah. um, That's why and it was enjoyed. good to do that proof of concept though. The main thing for me in that proof of concept, and I think for you as well, is like seeing if we like just could like stand each other after three days of trying to co-direct, but it was, yeah. it was easy. I think we even had that conversation. We're like, yeah. if this doesn't, this doesn't we don't work. enjoy this. Like if this takes the joy away from what we're doing, let's find someone else to do it. And, yeah. But we did enjoy it. And we, we um, naturally kind of um, drifted into the roles we needed to to be on on set. Yeah, and I think in terms of trying to find your like you know a, your a collabor a collaborating partner, it's um, you know like it might be one of your already close friends now. You know that you might not have considered, um, or I think it's about I reckon you find them you know, if you go to attend a workshop or if you're at a film festival, it's like, who's the person that's going to the same films as I am? Or, you know, in a festival, you know how you always choose your different films? Um, it's all online now, isn't it? But um, but just trying to find, again, like those, that someone who gets excited about the same sort of thing that you're wanting to make, someone who can spend an hour talking about it and kind of be, um, yeah, kind of rabid about it and passionate about it. Um, 
Yeah, that's the that's the person you want to be working with, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's like dating, isn't it? Is it? It is a little bit. I think it's just yeah, it's definitely that thing of of like for us, you know, we're making a lot of comedy together, and then we'll go off and do other things mm. with other people or on our own. <laughs> um, but like we we tend to have a very similar idea of what makes us laugh, mm. and we get we get jazzed about that. We get. <laughs> jazzed about those things and like when we're writing something we're we're excited about it and we'll both go oh man i feel really happy and, yeah, like and excited we're, we're so funny together and it's <laughs> and it's it's just more about what what you can feel excited about together and we often do get excited about the same sort, sort of um comedy things which yeah. is um which is why it's nice to write with each other mm. that's uh i think we have to finish up Oh, see ya. Um, thank you. <laughs> Stay there. Um, Jackie and Madeline, thank you so much. Um, that was a really interesting chat. And um, thank you to everyone for coming and listening in and adding in your own questions. And thank you, Equity Foundation, for getting you guys into the same room. Um, and yeah, it was great. Thank you very much. Media Super is the principal sponsor of the Equity Foundation. For more information about the work of the foundation, visit equityfoundation.org.au or follow Australian Actors' Equity on Facebook and Twitter.